Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the side quest part, side quest podcast, part two of the Kingdom Hearts lore, where these two idiots try and explain to me why it's completely legally okay for a middle-aged Japanese man to decide to, you know, play dress up with a bunch of twelve-year-olds via hot topic. This is an acid trip and a half. We went through Kingdom Hearts one, in which we discovered that one of the main characters is six foot four and plays in the NBA. And that about halfway through the uh, halfway through the first game, uh, the main character Sora gets dumped in an alley behind a Denny's in Denver, Colorado. Um, I am gonna do my best to understand this, and I will continue to make jokes the entire time because that's the only way my brain's gonna survive this. Because after figuring out why Monstro the Whale decided to rocket jump into orbit and just keep going, I think I'm out of brain cells. <laughs> Imagine, you see, we're just telling you this. Imagine playing this. I, I physically seeing it and still going. Monstro as a pinpoint in space, get closer and closer as he swims and then devours your entire spaceship. I, I had a friend in high school who swore to me that this was the best game to play on acid. And now I know why. <laughs> because it's like a double dose. There's a reason that everyone you talk to that's a big fan of Kingdom Hearts played it since they were a kid. Because it's so stupid that you have to be a child to be like, this is the best thing ever made. It's, um, for the comic fans out there, it's, it's, it's pretty much what Dark Knight's Metal is in comics, where it's really cool, and then you start asking questions, and then it becomes really stupid. Because it's, they wrote it and went, this would be cool, and like, again, the first game is arguably the most tame one. Like that was tame. Well, okay. So realistically, we've made a lot of jokes, but realistically, that that's like general JRPG fare. Like you, I mean, it, yeah. That story wouldn't seem out of place from Final Fantasy. Um, it's when we start getting to the other games where Nomura was his leash was you know slackened a bit, Cut. and they let him just start riding to the point where when we get to like Kingdom Hearts 3D, which is the 3DS game of the series, uh, yeah, he went apeshit. I so, hope you know that by the end of this, I will be making so many jokes that it's no longer going to be an actual game. It's going to be a shit post. Are, are they on PC? They are now. They're on Game Pass, so if you have a Game Pass, you probably play them. But uh, well, maybe no, the first two aren't. I think they the collections they took off Game Pass with like twenty bucks. The Epic Game Store has the collections. So I, I actually would I want I want to do this once we finish this I would really love for to you do a to recap to, no just play through. through them and then you give us your recap of the series. There's some you can't play like there is a phone game that's canon, um and it, the server shut down so you can't play that anymore. But they're probably gonna do like a movie or something to explain that I'm assuming. But uh because they've they've remade every other game in the series so, but right. they even remade the next game in the series. Which was not for the PlayStation 2, but the Game Boy Advance. And it is canon. So, basically, Nomura started working on Kingdom Hearts 2, right? The next game in the series. However, for whatever reason, I forget what the reason why, but it was like, oh, he wanted to make a portable Kingdom Hearts for fans of the series who didn't have a PS2. Like, people who, like, either watched trailers and was like, man, that game looks cool, or, like, saw their older brothers play it, whatever. He made a portable version, which was pretty much a recap of the first game. But instead of just doing a recap, he made another plot behind the recap that deals with memory loss and more anime, more anime. big white castle, <laughs> clones, C clones. Uh, the best character in the entire game series, uh, Axel. Oh well, yeah. Yeah, and and then uh. 
drag queen final boss fight. So, yeah. All right. So this game. The ballad of Requisha. Marluxia. When he said that, I was like, what? Not far off. Um, this game is called Kingdom Hearts Chains of Memories, or if you have the PS2 version or the new, the newly released collection, RE, Chains of Memories, like remake, re, whatever. So this game takes place directly after the first game. You remember that that out, that like grass crossway I, I told you about at the end of the first game? So yeah, that's where we start. They don't know where they're going, but Sora hears a voice, and he's like, what? Who? And he's like, okay, it's creepy. So they start walking, and then all of a sudden, they walk, and they're no longer in this grassy field area. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yep. They're now in a weird spot in space-time, this creepy weird castle called Castle Oblivion. Now, Castle... Alzheimer's, got it. Uh, you're not actually wrong. Like, you pretty much guessed the plot of this game. Um, so, Sora and his happy bunch walk through the castle, and what was the what do they see first? Right, it's just white walls. It's like stark white everywhere. Yes, they uh, they keep walking down this straight path through a field, and somehow they end up in purgatory, where there's a floating castle with these towers that jut out the side. Um, it's basically just a big like weird Salvador painting. Oh, it's a Jack, like from. Yeah. yeah. Um, they go inside and they run into someone dressed like this. Oh my god. Hold on a second. It's Riku. It's not Riku. It's the same outfit. It is, but that's the most popular outfit. Mickey gets that outfit at one point, by the way. It's just. It, I, uh, I don't know how to explain this, but it looked like, oh, look, remem- a costume. Remember to speak in your mic, because you lean back a lot. I know I do. But to be fair, you're not really thinking about the podcast. You're thinking about, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> He's, oh my his God. brain is too busy to focus on. I found Guy Fieri. <laughs> <laughs> he really takes you to Flavortown in the second game. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's British Guy Fieri if he was a magician. Oh my god. Luxord. <laughs> Alright, I'll get this back now. Yes. <laughs> Alright, so they find they find hooded Guy Fieri. Oh, no. He's not in this game. Okay. No, this game you'll find other hooded members, one of which is Marluxia. Okay, drag queen. Um Axel. Vexen. Zexion. Le- Lexius? The brown haired one? That's important. Yes. The X is important. The X is very important. Um, I thought we were supposed to forget our X's. No. <laughs> no. Kingdom- no, we don't forget our X's in Kingdom Hearts. That's important because you're going to meet a character named Roxas. That X in that name is very important. But anyway, that's the next game. Um, this game, Sora's in this castle. They go through. And you find out this organization is running it. We and gotta give him the explanation for the castle. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Not until we get to the next game, or the other game no, that explains have, the castle. No, the mechanics of how the castle oh, okay. actually works. So, okay, well, so we're gonna give you Sora's story right now, because there's a second part of this game, too. Um, so basically, Sora is gonna go through this castle, 
and fight Organization 13, and they want him to, f- to fight them. The further he goes into the castle, his memories start to alter. And at some points, completely disappear. Yeah. So we find certain points where Sora starts to go, no, I have to, I have to find Kairi and Riku, to I have to find Kairi, to I have to find Namine and get back to her. And you're going, who? And periodically throughout the game, you see this girl drawing in a notebook. She's this blonde-haired girl in a white dress, and she's just drawing in this notebook. Very crude children's drawings, by the way. Like, they're not really good. Um, but the game goes, she's an artist. I'm like, yeah, okay. Um, not Like, that's the thing you put on your fridge because your kid painted it, but you're like, it's pretty shit, but my kid painted it. It's that kind of art. She's she's an artist in the same way that 6 9 was a musician. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so, throughout the game... You find out this girl's name is Namine. And Marluxia and Axel and Larxene and all the X people, the X Men, um, pretty oh, much. That's why it's a drag queen. <laughs> um, they pretty much <laughs> make. <laughs> you don't wait for that one to hit. <laughs> Just let it marinate. <laughs> yep. Um, they're pretty much. Their plot of this game is to rewrite Sora's memories using Namine because she has the power to do that. I guess. With her awful drawing. Yeah. Every time she draws something, it changes his memory. Ah. Yes. So, um, they start out in this castle. A man in a cloak explains everything to them. They're like, all right, you're going to go up the castle. You're going to find something that you lost. And every floor you go up, you're going to forget more shit. And also, your best friends are trading cards now. He turns Donald and Goofy into trading cards. Um... Oh yeah, did we forget to tell you this one is a card game? Technically. Uh, because of the technical limitations of the Game Boy Advance, I think, um, all of your attacks are in a deck, and every time you finish a combo, you have to hold a button to reload the deck. It's the worst game in the whole series, especially the remake, because now you have to do this all in 3D. Um, <laughs> so they keep going up and up and up. Donald and Goofy aren't trading cards for cutscenes. Um, but they uh, basically relive every world that was in the original game, um, except for Tarzan because they lost the rights. Uh, <laughs> fun fact, Tarzan's not owned by Disney. It's owned by somebody else who like gave it to Disney. Like it's why we got that weird Tarzan movie with, uh, who was it? Uh, Wasn't it uh, God delivers Kong man? Uh, what's his, the guy that I said was like super attractive while drunk. Uh, what's his name? What, what's, what's the uh, scars guard? Bill Skarsgård? Well, it wasn't it. Wasn't it? No. It was Bill Skarsgård's brother. Yeah, it was the Skarsgård who doesn't look like a creepy clown, and it's the I think wasn't it Margot Robbie who played Jane? So it wasn't. I it, it was think. That, so. yeah. yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't made by Disney. Pretty much, Tarzan is not a Disney thing, but they got to make an anime movie with the best soundtrack. Oh, I know. Phil Collins. Um, but yeah. Phil Collins spazzed. Yeah. He went God mode. He really did. Did he, he write any of the Kingdom Hearts? Showed us. <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> um, was his music in there? No. Uh, there they, was, there was did, like, little orchestral yeah, versions of it. They remixed a lot of the uh, music from the movies into ah, okay. these like, video gamey. So, like, like, eight bitches. Nah, we don't get that until when we get to two. We'll get, we'll get to that one in two. So um, it was in the first game as a summon because um, that's something I should probably explain. 
people yeah. people when their worlds die uh, and they have like one really strong guy that dies with the world, they become a stone, and that stone can be summoned for a couple seconds. So that's how you get Mushu from uh, you know his world wasn't in the game, but you know he's there. Simba, uh, a couple Peter others, Pan. Peter Pan, Stitch Bambi. Later. Yes, Stitch is in two. And Chicken Little from that awful movie uh, that was coming out around the time of Kingdom Hearts 2. He's so, in there. So he's in there. Is, is the mayor who sounds like Joe Biden? No. Ah, darn. Unfortunately, that, that would have been, been a amazing. great world. <laughs> do, um, do, da, do, do I. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, pretty much Kingdom Hearts Ch- Chains of Memories is Sora conveniently, like, losing his memories because he keeps... Because, again, they told him at the beginning, the further you go in this tower... Or this castle, you're gonna lose your memories, but you're gonna find that thing you lost. It was pretty much their hand wavy way of saying, "Hey, there's something you want over here. You don't know what it is." And by the time Sora's memories are rewritten to say it's Namine, the the organization starts using that against him by going, "Oh, we have your girlfriend here." And Sora's like, "That's that's Namine. I like she's my friend. Like I care about her." He's never met her. Um, so you go through the whole game like this, facing off against organization members. You meet some of them. Some of them die off screen, kind of. And some of them, like, canonically. Yeah, <laughs> like, straight like, dead. Um, until they have a graveyard where they memorialize these people you killed in the second game. And you can fight data versions of them later. Um, so, pretty much, you you want to handle the ending for, for this one? Because sure. we're going we're gonna to speed through this one. This one's like not as important because it is mainly just... It's a recap of the first game, but with some story beats that are important. Like Namine. Well, case in point, Kingdom Hearts 2 intros after Chain of Memories. Okay. So it is required to understand 2, kind of. But <laughs> it's Nomura. Yeah. Um, Sora basically... <clears throat> defeats all the Hot Topic employees and gets to the top of the mall. Nice. Um, <clears throat> so it's just to clarify, it's Coconut Mall. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You just got Coconut Mall. That's the music I'm imagining as he's going through losing his memory and beating these members. You just see this guy just whack. It's a really good analogy for like elder abuse. Um, cause he's losing his memories. He doesn't know what's going on. And these people just keep manipulating for what they want. Um, that's right, grandpa. You do want to put me on your will, <laughs> don't you? I'm your favorite. Who no, grandpa, you? you didn't send me that check for my birthday. Send it again. <laughs> um, but he gets, grandpa, t- that was $5. <laughs> yeah. Send 500. yeah, that's I'm basically sure. this whole game. Grandpa, the, the pa- your social security number is this, right? No, it's this? Okay, thank you. Just wanted to clarify. Fun fact, if you play this game on the PS2, uh, Sora, between game one and this game, went through an outrageous stage of puberty. This man in the first game was like, I'm Sora. I'm, and then in the second game, man, how are we doing today, guys? Oh, man, I can't believe it. So he just became a Let's Play YouTuber. Yep. Uh, pretty well. So it's funny because again, the remake was made after Kingdom Hearts two. Uh, but the first game had like no voice acting. It was on a Game Boy, so like limitations. Yeah. But yeah, you, it's really jarring to play uh, the remake. Re- the remake first because you're like, oh, well, right. Hello. And only like half of the game is is voiced. The rest of like all all the hero worlds and seeing all your friends again. Uh, yeah, that's a thing. That none of that's voice acted. Um, by the way, Sora is voiced by Haley Joel Osment. 
Um, <clears throat> and the first game happened when he was still like a kid. <laughs> so as they keep going through the years, they keep using Haley Joel Osment. So it starts out at like, um, what's that movie he was in? The one with Bruce Willis? Yeah. Secondhand Lions is probably a better example. Uh, he starts out as Secondhand Lions, and then in three, it's like the boys version of his voice. Oh my lord. Um, so he gets to the top of this tower, finds the little girl, and she's like, Sora, I'm so glad you're here. And then he gets trapped in a big flower. <laughs> and he goes to sleep and then she's like your memory's got pretty fucked up we're gonna help you get that back because she was being manipulated as well well first you guys, is this the one where he goes no I'll remember you I swear at the end or was yeah, that that's where they write thank nominee okay yeah so pretty much Sora says no I'll remember you I swear and Nami's like you're not gonna it's kind of sad because he's literally going like no we're friends even if my memories are fucked up like I still like I, I care feelings. about you well, no, they never they never tell you who's the main lover in Chess Girl ever because they it's a kid. They imply that it's Riku and then they go back on it. Well, they, <laughs> they imply Riku. Well, game one implies Kyrie. Game two heavily implies Riku until the end. And then game three goes Kyrie. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, anyway, uh, yeah. So they pretty much make this sleeper pod and they said, we're going to get your memories back. And so Sora willingly steps in. He promises he's never going to forget her. And to make sure, yeah, they write in their journal, thank Naminé. To be like, you know, to remember her. So then the sleeper pod comes up. And you're like, all right, that's the end of this game. And then they go, hey, Riku exists. So now Riku's going through his own journey. And un coincidentally, in Castle Oblivion, while Sora was there, just on the basement level. And he has the bondage outfit back. And his best friend, King Mickey's there with him. So they they go through there, and Sariku's whole point is to kind of coexist. Like, he's trying to figure out how he can live with the darkness in him. Because, he one, one, he probably has PTSD from being a slave from this Puerto Rican man. Um, he willingly attacked his friends in arguable love of his life, but we can't talk about that. Um, and all this other stuff. So he's got some PTSD that they don't quite nail, but, you know, kid's game. Um, so he goes through, he kills some people. Like, Sora kills them, but, like, Riku, like, goes for the jugular-type kill. Um, those other ones we talked about, I think it's it's Zexion, Vexen, and Legolas. Um, <laughs> ironically, that was not a, pro uh, a good, it's just a name is similar. He, this Le Legolas in this game is big buff and giant sword. Um, but he kills them dreadlocks. and dreadlocks. He can't oh be the dreadlocks. He's white. Uh. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> yep. Um, but, uh, Riku kills them like full, uh, full, no stop. Like he's like, nope, go for the jugular. Sora's at least like, I'll fight you to protect me. Riku's like, I'm going to murk Every some bad guys. I love it's like, I have to coexist with the darkness inside my heart. Sora, Come here, buddy. <laughs> Sora is like. You know, like the Dick Grayson, right? He's the good Robin. Riku's like the Jason Todd, where he's like, I'm willing to kill some motherfuckers. And, and Even though he's good, Sora's the good guy. Riku's the anti-hero. And which one's Tim Drake? <laughs> we'll get there. Um, do we have a Damien yet? <laughs> yeah, we do. Ducky. Uh, anyway, so his whole thing is pretty much that. It's, it's him trying to coexist with the darkness inside of him. Um, and then he gets a cool organization coat later, too. 
Is there anything else about Chain's memories that he really needs to know? It's, That's it. Yeah, the main thing you need to know about is Sora lost his memories. And so then we get to Kingdom Hearts 2. Now you're ready. All right, all right cool. The sequel to the first game. Yep. Um, <laughs> he blew my mind with the name of that game on this podcast. So we'll get to that. So, it opens up. Amazing, cool opening theme by the same chick, or I guess they? She, yes, they came out as, yeah, they came out as non-binary. Um, did they say they, they still are cool with she occasionally, no, they, or is it just I full think, they? I think it's just full they. Okay, her name is Hitata. Immediately goes. <laughs> well, is it, is it Ukari? Okay, Yutata Hikari. Are they okay with they? Immediately genders her. <laughs> well, I, I've literally gone my entire life going she. really, like, been involved with this woman's career for, like, well, I say woman because most of the time that we knew of her, she was a woman. Okay. And now she's a they. Yeah, like recent. It's a hard swap. I just thought yeah. it was funny. It's like, it's they, right? She? No. Well, so, okay. they wrote uh, this piece of music. At the music. time, it was she. Yeah, at, at the time of, of two, it was she, but uh, Utada, it's Utada Hikari. So, Hikari has written the main theme of every game, but they've just remixed the same theme over and over again for most of them. But first game was Simple and Clean. Uh, second game is Sanctuary. The third game is Face My Fears featuring Skrillex. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a music lover, and I'm sorry, I can't get over the fact that the third game in this series has an anime boy with a keyblade, Donald Duck, and then Bangarang. <laughs> it's, it's actually a, a good opening. I really like it. Um, it's it's like it goes hard. it's new it's newer age Skrillex, so not the blah and more like the just typical EDM dancey stuff he's done now. But um, yeah, pretty much. They have done. I almost did it again. They have done the the theme song every single uh, main game. Every single main. So all three of the you know the yep. base games, not including um, you know all all the side games have a variation of simple and clean. Or three five eight just had sanctuary again. Um, so pretty much this uh, Kingdom Hearts two opens up with this cool opening theme, and all of a sudden some blonde haired twink wakes up in his bed and he goes, "I had another dream about him." adding to the homoerotic nature of these games. And he had a dream about Sora. That entire opening segment was a dream, like the first one was. Remember when Sora woke up, woke up on the beach? The entire opening thing was a dream. This one, same thing. He pretty much dreams the entire events of Kingdom Hearts 1 and Chains of Memories and wakes up. Now this man's name is Roxas. I told you to remember, X is important. Okay. So Roxas is like, huh, only seven days left of my summer vacation. And he lives in Twilight Town. Um, not to be confused with vampires, but it's just a town that's forever bathed in like a sunset. Is it, of, yeah, is, it forever, is it sunset or is it, it always has just like a cold blue filter? No, no, no. It's, it's orange. orange ah, uh, so it's yeah. orange Oregon. Got it. Pretty much. I What? what? Yeah, Oregon, probably. Uh, whatever. Uh, basically, he goes to his hideout with his friends and they're like... Hey, we got seven days of summer vacation. Let's go to the beach. Let's let's do our homework assignment. Whatever. There's this thing called the struggle bat competition where you beat the mess out of each other with foam baseball bats and balls show like fly out and whoever has the most balls at the end wins. <laughs> um, 
But basically, <laughs> you also, sorry. the champion is an adult man who, <laughs> who faces off against these 12-year-old children uh, for their balls. And you as Roxas have to beat this adult man for his balls. Um, and then you get this trophy with a bunch of these gummy balls in it. Um, I, I, we also have to mention there's a lot of, like, gang warfare at the beginning <laughs> of this game. <laughs> <laughs> It's like you start out and you have these three other guys and you're a gang. And then on the other side of town, there's Vivi from Final Fantasy IX and Cypher from Final Fantasy VIII and two other guys from Final Fantasy games. Are they both or they were original characters, I think? Because um, I know... I know Raijin and Fujin. I think they were both in eight as well. Okay. Uh, but basically, yeah. You, you go in and the, the I love the way they start this is they go, we need to get back the... And there's a blank. And people are like, what's going on? We, we, we can't say the word blank. They can't say the word photograph. Someone has been stealing photographs um, all around town to the point where they can't say the word photograph or picture or whatever. And that's when the gang warfare starts. And we get the excellent line delivered by Seitzer that is, that is in quotes, that was undeniable proof that we totally owned you lamers. This game came out in 2006. Okay, so just just to recap where we are Gang right warfare, now. we can't say photo. So just I want I want to clarify because we also did like the whole you know chains of memories. So we've got Sora and Riku going through Alzheimer's castle. Um, Riku's is an Alzheimer's castle. He doesn't lose his memories. So okay, so his, his, his uh, darkness fights. I, we we forgot a big part of that game. Oh. That Riku wasn't actually Riku. That was a clone of Riku. <laughs> Okay, all right. You know what? That's not the weirdest thing you've told me. It still doesn't. It doesn't top uh, spacefaring monstro in the gummy bro, bear ship. Bro, I'm gonna be real. I forgot the clone it's Riku plot was a thing. Um. Anyway, so he goes. So Sora experiences elder abuse on a very personal scale. Um, clone Riku experiences what it's like to be a sewer rat in New York alongside an actual sewer rat. Um. And then uh, you wake up, and Roxanne has <laughs> has been having a dream. <laughs> Pretty much, Roxanne Roxanne has this dream, and he's like, "I had another dream about him." <sighs> and then fights a grown man for his testicles. <laughs> yeah. Um, through the through this, every so you start his summer vacation starts to get weird. Um, there's a point where these weird... It wasn't already? He's well, fighting a grown man well, for his balls. See that? No, that's normal in this town. Um, <laughs> what becomes weird is... How do you want to... It's just the Catholic Church. Well, no. So uh, these creatures come out. So you remember the Heartless in the first game? These weird little imps? Yeah. So what if... Uh, I'm trying to find a really good way to, to tell them about these. Okay. Have you seen American Horror Story, the first one? No. Okay, you know those latex bondage suits? Oh, no. <laughs> Imagine if those could walk and move on their own and didn't have a person inside. Oh, no. That's what keeps attacking Roxas and all of his friends. Oh, no. And they also stole photographs and the word photograph. Uh, Roxas goes to fight them with his little bat. Yeah, it was real heavy on the bondage in this one. Oh, my Lord. Uh, they Is it the Saints Row logo on its head? <laughs> 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 it's the Florida Lee. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it's a Saints logo with a testicle on the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> it really is just a dick with wings. So uh, Roxas, like, he finds this big hole in the wall that this bondage suit, like, flies through, and he runs after it out of the town, through the woods, and to this mansion with a big gate in front of it that's been abandoned for years. That seems like entrapment. Yes. <laughs> um, he keeps trying to fight this thing with the um, the foam bat that he keeps trying to beat up all the other kids in town with, and it's just not working for him. Um, so then the Keyblade inexplicably spawns in his hand where the bat was. Oh. Sora's Keyblade, by the way. There are multiple. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, so we're basically going to be following the storyline of an eclectic janitor who likes to beat other children for their balls. Yeah, there is a... There's a lot of janitor missions at the start because you have to make money for your beach trip and you actually have to train up, clean up trash. Why do I keep guessing elements of this game correctly? Because it's so dumb and like way out there that your like stupidest predictions are true at some point. <laughs> I want to thank this elderly Japanese man for somehow finding every joke and making it worthwhile. Fun fact, he's the director of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh my lord. And he came up with the idea for one of these games while he was drunk at karaoke. That tracks. And it's a big part of the canon. Um, <laughs> so Roxas fights this little boy in the suit, and he beats him with the Keyblade. Keyblade disappears, and he's like, what was that? Um, Why did he turn into Billy Bob Thornton? <laughs> it's a lot of like that weird anime, like under the breath, like, what's going on type stuff. You get a lot of the, uh, like, gasps and the, uh, all, of, all the time. You, you imagine game. that the guy in the sound booth is just getting directions like, all right. Remember, no. in the first game, the, the guy in the sound booth were 12-year-olds. Haley yeah. Osment was a kid yeah. um, making these grunts and uh, death cries and shit. Um, but, yeah, Soroxis... He keeps going through when he, when he does the struggle back composition, which is not as bad as we're making it out to be, but it's hilarious to think about. <laughs> um, every everybody stops. Is this the first time we see? Yes. Yeah. So remember, remember we told you about Axel in the in the in Chain of Memories. Best well, he, character. He dies in that game. Uh, but Kmars too. He's right there. He's like Roxas, buddy. Where have you been? Like we've been looking for you. And Rox is like, Who? Who are you? What? What are you talking about? And Axel's like, Come on, bro. We've known each other for years, for a year. Come on. And Rock's like, I don't know who you are. And so he's like, fine, I'll make you remember. And you have to kind of fight him. And then he freezes too. And you're like, what the fuck? And then like you get knocked and then so whatever. A lot of stuff happens. You see, you see another bondage man pull up Diz. Um, named Diz, the black guy we told you about, who's oh. not black but white. Um, he's in full bondage, like to the point where there's a belt wrapped around his head. Where, except for his mouth and one eye, this man's name is Diz. Uh, he comes in and says, Roxas. Yeah. We're, by the way, if you haven't realized, we're showing Landon these characters like as we bring them up if we feel we need to get a reaction. Oh, my Lord. Yep. Um, Diz pretty much tells Roxas to go the fuck to sleep. And this Roxas is handsome. Or is this Diz? It's Diz. This is Diz. It's Diz. You'll, that comes into They're play. Canon, so. One's black. Yeah. yeah. You are correct. I'm so confused. Well, yeah, we'll get there. Um, so Roxas goes his whole thing. <laughs> he he learns that throughout it, people are telling him like, "You're not real. 
Or, no, you are real, but you're with us. Us black-cloaked individuals with these, like, which is the fan-favorite dress-up point in the game. Yeah, the, those guys, the Organization 13, who was in Castle Lavina, they're like, hey, Roxas, come back to us. And so you're like, oh, Roxas was a part of this, I guess. Or they're evil. Uh, Diz is like, you're not even a real thing. So, like, you don't have memories and emotions. Throughout all this, Roxas learns that he is a nobody. Not, not like a, a wallflower, like a nobody. No, like, that's a capital N, nobody. That's a thing. Um, he is what happens when a heart... Explain nobodies. Okay. So, a heartless, when you remove someone's heart, it becomes a heartless. The body dissolves. But people with a really strong will leave the body behind, and the body becomes a nobody, which is an empty husk of a man. Okay. And the weaker ones um, turn into those dusks that we showed you, the bondage suits with nothing inside. Okay. Bunch of different types of those guys, but the absolute strongest people turn into basically alternative humans, mm-hmm. um, and that's what Roxas is. So Roxas, Mighty Morphin, Power Rangered himself out of having a soul, and well, became the heartless equivalent of what Beast and Monstro are. <clears throat> so you remember in Kingdom Hearts One when Sora Sapukud? Mm-hmm. Roxas was born. He's Sora's nobody. Remember how I told you? Remember that X? Yeah. If you take the X out of his name and rearrange the letters, it's Sora. But with an Xbox gamer tag. Yep. <laughs> okay. So yeah, Roxas is Sora's nobody, and they are trying so all these memories Roxas has been having are slowly leaving him and it's like he he doesn't understand what's going on it's because he meets Naminé and they are they are putting Sora's memories back together they need Roxas to not exist in order to bring Sora back um while they're all like erasing his memories bit by bit he's having all these weird visions he goes to the mansion and you can see Naminé in the window sometimes um, he has these weird, like, psychic visions where he talks to her occasionally. Um, and then, on occasion, a man in a black cloak just shows up in town and just bullies Roxas. <laughs> um, Steals his money. <laughs> and you find out that that's Riku. Riku is showing up and... And just beating take, the crap out of Roxas. Yeah, he, like, trips him in front of the train station and takes all their money. It's kind of fucked up. The reason behind this is, of course, because Riku is trying to get Sora back. That's the whole point of this. Um, so Roxas, through all this time, is you know has, and I think a really good um, kind of emotional journey of. I don't feel like why why should I not exist? And it and this is just the prologue, by the way. Um, and so it's this. Okay, it's this really cool um, kind of. Like, midlife crisis level, like, who am I really? What am As I supposed to be? As a 12-year-old. Yeah, well, it was like a 13-year-old going to on summer vacation. And it ends It ends with him saying, I guess my summer vacation is over, as he fades away in front of Sora's sleeper pod, as he, like, as Sora, like, is about to wake up. And so there goes Roxas. So the entire prologue is done, and now you're with Sora again. So Sora wakes up in this what? pod. Sora wakes up. <laughs> Sora wakes up in the, so anyway, um, forget everything I just told you because you're gonna have to for the rest of this game. So what? Sora wakes up in a pod and goes, "Where the hell am I?" He sees Donald and Goofy in other pods and goes, "Huh?" 
They wake up, they leave, they're in Twilight Town. He's like, huh. Never been here before. Yeah, never been here before. Hey, check the journal. Thank Nomine. Who's that? Oh, Jiminy Cricket is still with him, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he lives in Sora's hair and writes down everything they do. Yeah, oh, like, it's, 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 it's their canonical way of saying, hey, so you know in video games we have to, like, write stuff in your journal for you for all the stuff? Yeah, that's Jiminy. Every time you see something, he just off screen. Okay, nobody's dusks. Organization, got it. Okay, cool. Mulan Worlds. Uh, Mushu, we knew him. Okay, got it. That's him the whole game. How many M's are in Two and one M. Oh, no. Just, just more like the joke. It's like, all right, we got this. Uh, how many M's are in that name? How he's many like, M's? He's like, he's like, wait, before you fight, how do you spell Demix? <laughs> got it. It's like, all right, okay. real quick. Um, I got to make sure I get this down right. Would you describe yourself as Brolic? <laughs> He's like, hold on, uh, how do you, Xehanort with a Z or an X? Okay, um, how do you spell Aenort? I got the X part, where the rest of it, got it. Um, that's Jiminy the whole time, but they go, thank Nominate. He goes, who the hell that? I don't know. Let's find Mickey and Riku. So they leave. And, uh, they meet Mickey in the cool organization, hel uh, helmet, uh, hood, ironically. Yeah, his hood. Well, when he takes it off, it doesn't. But when he move, when he moves oh, his, it does the, uh, oh, it does. HD. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When when he takes the hood off, and puts it on, it, it it you know covers his ears. So Mickey's like, shh, you have to go. And what was it? Find the door to darkness. That's the that's. And they're like, and Sora's like, what? Why don't you just come with us? I can't. And Mickey summons a Keyblade, which, by the way, we, we did, forgot to mention this in the first game. He summons a Keyblade that is the exact inverse of Sora's. So Sora's is a silver handle, gold outline. Opposite. Gold handle, silver outline. and Or silver hilt, guard, whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Top is Sora, bottom is Wow, they didn't even try. Oh, no, they did. There's a reason. That one, this, the, uh, the flip reverse one is called Omega. Kingdom Key Omega, sorry. Um, but anyway. And then the first one I'm guessing is Kingdom Key Alpha? No, just Kingdom Key. Oh. No, they didn't think of a name until after. Yeah, ah. they didn't, they, yeah, they didn't actually show off that blade until two. And then like, ah, we probably should name it. All right, cool. Um, so then the they meet Mickey. They have this whole thing. Uh, Sora starts to see some of Roxas's memories. So don't, all, don't completely forget about Roxas. Um, and so Sora starts crying when he talks to Roxas's old friends, and they're like, "Why are you crying?" He's like, "I don't know. I just feel sad." And, and they're all just kind of looking at each other like this guy's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and so then they go on a train, and the train out of. Uh, I gotta talk about the train. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> so the train, um, <clears throat> it leaves the station, and all of a sudden is on these spirit tracks, and not the Legend of Zelda spirit. Tracks. No. And instead, you. Yeah. Uh, um, you remember the, the Mickey Mouse cartoon, uh, The Magician's Assistant or whatever? Yeah. Remember that big-ass old wizard, old wizard? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to his house. What? Master Yen Sid, coincidentally spelled Disney backwards. Um, and we meet him, and he knows all. This man knows all about the the multiverse and Keyblades and Ansem and Xehanort. And nobody. He explains the nobody thing, how Organization 13, a bunch of those really strong nobodies who have a body that didn't get turned into nothing or just this. Um, they're there. That's what they are. And they're what they want is to open kingdom hearts because we found out that door in the first game. That wasn't kingdom hearts. That was a door. Um, and so then we find out that 
they're trying to open Kingdom Hearts by killing a lot of Heartless. However, you have to have a Keyblade to release the Hearts into Kingdom Hearts. So you can kill a Heartless with a weapon, it's fine. Well, okay. <clears throat> you can't kill it with a regular weapon, but if somehow you, you're strong enough, I it's guess. Like magically yeah. So like, so, like, there's people with, like, guns. There's a guy with a cool guitar thing. Cloud um, Strife is there. Cloud Strife is there. He was in the first game. We forgot to mention that. He was in Olympus Coliseum, and he, uh... Stole his friend's clothes. And he fought Sephiroth. Yeah, um, working for Hades. Yeah. But anyway, he's in this game, and he's, he's in his Advent Children outfit, which came out around the same time. And um, he's got a whole plot point in this game. Sure. Um, but basically, they go, okay, cool. Anyway, the train? So the train is the sickest thing you've ever seen in your entire life. It's all blue and purple and with Mickey Mouse ears on top. And the smokestack, instead of being an actual functioning smokestack, is the wizard hat. Uh, and it, like, shoots sparkles out the back. It's sick. And they get to Yen Sid's house, and uh, they rock up to the door. And someone is, like, pressing up against it, a real fat gentleman named Pete. Um, From had, the Goofy movie. Yes. Uh... Pete's outfit is kind of like a onesie. Um, he has a zipper that goes from his belly button all the way down his balls, <laughs> asshole, and all the way up to his mid back. It's a it's a it's a shit slip. Yes, uh, because there's no way he's getting out of this outfit now. It's way too tight. It's leather. It's, it's oh leather. my god. <laughs> yeah. So they walk up and they see. Hold on. Can we let me see this Power Ranger looking motherfucker? They walk up and they see Pete's ready to be exposed ass pressed up against the door. <laughs> and uh, they're like. Are you turning into a lion? Yes. That's coming. We'll get to that. What is this toy? I've never seen that toy. It's on eBay for like $25. That's a steal. <laughs> so yeah, they see they see uh, bondage gear Pete, and um, they're they're like he's like I'm gonna I gotta find I'm gonna turn that old master Yin Sin to a heartless and help Maleficent and, and Sora's like yeah we killed that bitch in the first game where were you and he's like what she I did he literally says we killed her and then they giggle about it <laughs> yeah <laughs> we committed murder we killed <laughs> and so then he leaves or they beat him and they leave and then they go up the tower. And me, Mastian said, he tells them all about the nobodies. It's and a big exposition. Though. Yeah, huge. By the way, we're going to kind of go through some of the, like, Disney worlds like we did this time, like, the last one. Because we're already 42 minutes into this explanation. I know. Um, so. This is the biggest game, by the way. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so then we get the exposition. And Sora, by the way, when he woke up, he had a growth spurt. So he's wearing his number. He's wearing his Kingdom Hearts 1 outfit. But, but like they're above the knees. And it's kind of short. And it's because, yeah, because he grew over the year he was asleep. And, um, yeah, it was a year, by the way. You'll find out about that later. Okay. Um, yeah, that week with Roxas is important. So, Sora gets an outfit change. Arguably his best outfit, I would say. Definitely. It's so sick. Um, but it's this black and yellow, like, black outfit with, like, yellow and red accents. It's, like, so sick. I lo I that's my favorite outfit he's had. Yeah. And then they they basically tell him you have to go figure out Organization 13's mess while also trying to find Riku and whatever. So they go on an adventure. And they go to the Mulan world, which is just Japan. Uh, Again. Did they find his mom? <laughs> Who? Mulan takes place in China, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> 
They're <laughs> all the same to Luke. <laughs> Let me defend myself. <laughs> Not with that attitude, you can't. So Japan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I forgot. Nah, <laughs> yeah, that's it's Japan, right? Right next to Africa. Um, Technically, I mean, yeah, not wrong. Um, but no, yeah. So you got to move. Lo- yeah, they go there too. The Pride Lands. This is a dope outfit, by the way. Yeah, no, it's cool. It definitely beats his onesie in the first game. Gotta love the capris. I like the color scheme of the third outfit, but like, it, I just yeah, the plaid is annoying. Um, Riku's though is cool in three. Yes, his is sick. Um, so anyway, uh, pretty much yeah, it's three. Yeah, okay, that tracks. It's just brown. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we go we go to Mulan World, we go we revisit some worlds like you know, Olympus Coliseum, which we can now go to the underworld in. Uh, Mulan's a new one. We actually get to go to Beast's world, um, and meet him again, which is cool. Uh, we get to go to uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes. Jack Sparrow. Yes. yes. He's a party member. Yeah, it's great. Um, that's terrifying. It's one no, it's one of the best worlds. I dude, I love going to that one. In this game, you actually go to get to revisit worlds multiple times. So like the first game, it's you one and done, beat it. This game, it's like you beat an, an act, go to another world. This one's back, go back to it and do another story bit. That's why this one's longer. Um, but it is awesome. Uh, my like my favorites are the Night Before Christmas. Uh, Jack, uh, what is it called? Just Pirates, whatever. It's the Pirates of the Port Royal. Yeah, that's what it is. Port Royal, um, which, by the way, you go through the first movie. Oh, that's kind of dope. And, like, literally, like, fight against Barbosa. Oh. And it's kind of cool. I do. I don't like the mechanic of them being in the moonlight and you can't hit them. I yeah. get. I get why, but the like. Zombie, like pirates are a big mechanic. Okay. But pretty much through all these worlds, you learn more about these uh, these organization members, and they keep calling Sora Roxas, and you're like, huh? Now, you, the player, kind of get an understanding of, okay, so nobody, Sora, Rock, okay, I kind of get it. Um, Sora doesn't know what's going on. He woke up literally like a day ago and is now saving the world again. Um, and he's like, okay, uh, I don't know who you are. Stop calling me Roxas. I'm Sora. And they're like, Roxas, come on. And they each keep pretty much telling him to keep killing Heartless. You're helping. Um, and so, yeah, the more Heartless Sora kills, which, by the way, at a point, he kills a 1,000. Oh, my Lord. You actually have to kill a 1,000. Yeah, like it's a there's a number on the top of the screen. Do it, um, and uh, it's actually really cool, really cool level. I like it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, genocide, great. They're not human. They're literally heartless. They're actually, I feel like that line of thinking has caused at least one world war. Well, we are in a Disney game. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> huh. So the Heartless, no wonder the Heartless are good at saving money. That's oh my god. All those yarmulkes. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so yeah, um, we go through... God, I love the bad guys with the Jew hats. It's fantastic. <laughs> so yeah, um, pretty much you keep going through. Maleficent gets revived because... Uh, sure. She had a magic bowl. Yeah. <laughs> um, like all it takes is her little crow to bring her cloak into a room and then the cloak starts to grow and then she's like i'm back and you're like didn't i like all right whatever sure um just body the crow oh yeah by the way oh so during sora's adventure uh Kyrie is she forgot about sora because apparently when you get rid of the person's memories and take them away everybody else forgets about them 
Except Riku, because again, remember, they're homosexual soulmates, completely straight though. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, they kept the socks on. Yes. Yeah. Oh, th- there you go. They kept the socks on, whereas Sora and Kyrie very much didn't. Um, but oh yeah, we're gonna get into that. But the reason that Kyrie and Sora are forever soulmates is because they shared a fruit that was shaped into the star into a star. And apparently when you share this fruit, you'll be together forever. And they did it. And, well, kind of th- thematically did it on a stone wall. They, like, they drew a cave drawing of them sharing the fruit. And then they actually said a fruit. Like, whatever. It's stupid. Um, it doesn't matter until later. So anyway, you go through this whole mission. You find out Diz is actually Ansem. Not the Ansem you fought in the first game. That was... that. The worst crime of all. Identity theft. Yep. Um, so Captain Puerto Rico was in fact not Ansem. It was Juan Cena. Yes. So his apprentice. Cap. Yeah, it was his apprentice. This is heartless. And then the main boss of the game is named Xehanort. Xemnas. My bad. What? F- you, I'm confused now. Um, Xemnas, which is Ansem with an X. Get it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically. Also. You can rearrange those letters in the same naming convention and call him Mansex. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. Um, so, Mansex is the final villain of the game, and you fight him. He's got two red lightsabers and a cool lightning coat. Ah, um, you're skipping so much. I have to interject. Oh yeah. Uh, they basically go to all these worlds. They keep killing Heartless, but there's no choice. They have to keep doing it. Kingdom Hearts is like ready to bust. And then uh, they go back man to sex. <laughs> yes, man sex is about to bust it open. <laughs> <laughs> they it's go not, back. It's about to bust hard. <laughs> <laughs> they go back to Twilight Town. Gotta love Puerto Rican man sex. <laughs> He's also very Puerto Rican. All the villains are kind of dark skinned and it's pretty racist. I feel like this man. <laughs> <laughs> None of the good guys are. <laughs> I feel like between Yamaka wearing Heartless and <laughs> Captain Puerto Rico and his underlings, we have a very vivid image of what this man's psyche was. This is Xemnas. Oh, look at him. He's got bangs now. Just trying to figure out how that works. The, just the... It's, it's like a thing that comes out of his palm, kind of. It's like... How do I put this... You know that guy in the new Shang-Chi movie who just has a sword instead of a hand? It's like that, but he just does this. Uh, it's Razor Fist, but Puerto Rican and using lightsabers. Yes. Cool. Um, they go back to Twilight Town <clears throat> they f- because they found out that that's like, the only way to get to this organization's castle because um, it's very close to the darkness and they can use... The Twilight. Essentially, yeah. Um, so they go there... Uh, Mickey is now with them. Um, they open a portal, essentially, in this world, and then it creates like a Cybertron-esque bridge to the castle world. They go through it. Um, they're overwhelmed by the nobodies, like the little shitty ones that suck. Uh, they're like beating them, but not because they keep like getting knocked down, and there's just overwhelming numbers, even though you killed a thousand Heartless earlier by yourself. Um, Axel shows up 
Uh, it turns out that he's actually been helping you behind the scenes through this whole game. He was protecting Kyrie from the organization. Um, he found Pluto, who was just lost in the void, and was like, "You're my dog now." Um, <laughs> he shows Hippity up. Happy, you'll be just my property. <laughs> yeah, because Mickey's obviously not going to take care of him at this point. No, clearly not. He's taking care of Clone Riku. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> While well, they fight up. man sex. <laughs> Th- this whole game is about fighting the man sex in your mind. <laughs> that actually leads into the next plot point. Axel shows up, and uh, because of his strong urge to have man sex with Roxas, he basically sacrifices himself in a big fiery explosion. To save Sora and his friends. And as he's dying, Sora's like, why? Why'd you do that? I don't know you. And then he whispers, Fraggle Rock. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, I loved you. You were my brother. And now I'm going to die. And then he does die. And you get a Keyblade based on his little throwing star weapons, which is pretty cool, until like two minutes later. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They they show up in the, um, it's basically New York City. Uh, uh, but with a big castle with uh, Kingdom Hearts behind it. Hmm. Another big white castle. Fun fact. Like New York City, it was the, it's literally called The World That Never Was. So you go here and it's literally just like <sighs> alleyways. It's gross, Costume dark. Ring. It's like Gotham. Yeah, it's mm. actually better. Yeah, it's literally just Gotham, but with a giant castle with like a bunch of TVs and oh, it's weird. The Their final boss room is weird. Um, but basically, yeah, you get there and then there's another organization, Coat Dude. And you're like, oh shit. And he summons two Keyblades. Now, we forgot to mention this, but Roxas has two Keyblades. One called Oathkeeper, which looks really light based and whatnot. One called Oblivion, which is all darkness based. And they're meant to represent uh, Sora's relationships with Kyrie and Riku respectively. Um, but there's also another canonical reason why Roxas can summon two instead of just the one. We'll get to that when we hit Birth by Sleep. Um, the prequel. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, basically, he fights and Roxas is finally like, all right, I'll go kill myself, I guess. You can be the one who inhabits the body. And it's... It's actually really nice. Like, I actually really like the scene where they're talking, and he's like, so you're Roxas, and Roxas is like, yeah. And they have this scene where he's like, all right, like, you you deserve it. Like, go go be the hero type shit. It's really, it's really nice. So then they go, um, and it the last, like, bit of this game is a cacophony of just, like, plot. Not as bad as three, but just a bunch of plot where it's like... Just hit some bullet points yeah, we're going to bullet point this, and then, because I... The one thing I want to get to is you. F- I want to get to the Riku part because that's the one that gets me yeah. every time. So we find Kyrie again, and Sora's like, "Hi, nice to meet you. Hey, it's it's been good, Kyrie. Hi, yeah, cool." He finds Riku and falls to his knees, crying like, "I found you!" Like, while oh, holding Riku's hand and like touching it to his forehead. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and he's like crying. He's like, "I've been searching everywhere. I can't believe it." And uh, and, touch of you and then moves. and then R- Riku's like, I can't show you who I am because what I am is a monster. And then he pulls the hood back and it's Ansem, the one you fought in the first game, 
but with Riku's voice? No, it's no, no it's it, it is. Car. Yeah, it's Ansem's voice actor. Oh, uh, by the way, Roxas is voiced by Jesse McCartney, and he never sings in any of these games. Kind of a letdown. But um, Jesse fucking McCartney. Yeah, it's it's funny because like I prefer his voice voice to Sora's. Like any anytime I hear Roxas speak, I'm like, this is actually nice. It's very soothing. And Sora speaks is, my friends are my power, and I'm theirs. And and Roxas is just like kind of like the, what's up, dude? Like, it is it is jarring. What's up, bitch? I get two of these Keyblade motherfuckers. Yeah. Um, I'm about to beat your ass in two doors. <laughs> just check this I, out. I mean, you're not wrong. Um, so, <laughs> uh, just stop guessing things. And you, and then you won't you won't be like let down. Um, I'm not let down. I'm not mad. I'm but, just disappointed. <laughs> but here you bullet point the the ending of this game. Right. Um, they meet a man with two guns <laughs> <laughs> in in the castle. Uh, what the hell is his name? Zigbar. Zigbar. Uh, he has an eye patch and he looks really cool, but he's also pretty brown. Like he's. <laughs> So you know he's like the worst of the underlings, and he really is. <laughs> oh my god! I'm not gonna lie. I expected a lot of things from this, but xenophobia was not one of them. I did not expect them to go full KKK. <laughs> Like, no wonder the city's got a big old white castle oh, in the middle of I it. Thi- I think that's why the organization robes are black and not white like all the other nobodies, because they wanted to avoid that imagery. Oh, clearly. I want to point out, too, um, <laughs> Riku, when he talks about him being a monster, is when he is Puerto Rican man. <laughs> and then when he becomes a white boy again, he's cured. Yeah. Uh, so they fight the man with two guns. They, they beat him in a different tax bracket. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> A bunch of nobody show up. Kyrie is like on this balcony. She jumps down to try to help, but she doesn't have a weapon. No, clearly so Riku, reeks at home. Riku reeks it. Re- he reaches into his coat and pulls out a keyblade that he seemingly just made out of craft supplies. It literally looks like an arts and crafts. It's like wooden with flowers like glued to it. And he gives it to her, like just drops her hands like, all right, go. And she's like, I'll be helpful. And she apparently does help in like the background, but in the in the actual cutscene, she like jogs over to a heartless and like whaps it on the head. <laughs> and that's the only enemy you ever see her kill is that one heartless. And it's one of the baby ones. Um that happens. Riku like through the power of gay love gets his original <laughs> form back. But now he looks way more Japanese. <laughs> He has way longer hair, and he also wears a crop top. Through the power of man sex. Yes, uh, because the power of gay love seemingly gave him his real body back. Um, I love how this is simultaneously one of the most like empowering pieces of literature, and also one of the most racist things you've ever explained yeah, to it's, me. Yeah, it's real LGBT, but not very not Q. Not very Q or plus. Definitely not plus. <laughs> the only fat person in this entire thing is Pete. Yeah, and he, he has, has a an, shit slit. A zipper through his dick and balls and asshole and gooch all the way to his back for quick action. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> 
So Riku transforms back and he just has new clothes somehow. Um, oh, I got a wardrobe yeah, change. No, that, that's the greatest thing is you meet him again and he's like, all right, all right cool. Um, here, I'm going to find. So we have, okay, this is Riku in one, right? Yes. Bell bottoms. Here's, here's what he transforms into after becoming a good old white boy again. Oh, my Lord. And he's older. He's got muscles. You can see his belly button. <laughs> the hair's longer. This man is straight, and he's got baggy pants. Which, by the way, we—I'm going to show you his his three outfit. It's the coolest one he's gotten. Yeah, Just that actually looks like yeah. oh my plaid. That, yeah. Fuck? Oh yeah. Just wait. Um, but uh, and the zippers. Don't forget the zippers. Don't forget the zippers. I won't forget the zippers. But uh, yeah. So we get um, Riku's back. You learn more about Kingdom Hearts. Uh, and all that's really left to do now is fight Xemnas or Mansex. I'm s- sorry. Um, and he will to, never be referred. As we have to again. defend. We have to defeat Mansex. That is the end of this game. Fight your gay urge. <laughs> 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 you can only you way. can only get to Kingdom Hearts when you get rid of your gay <laughs> Mansex. Jesus Christ! What a good yes. <laughs> um, that is the analogy. <laughs> but no, so you go to fight him, and it's like it's another one of those instances where you have to fight this man three times. One of which is he's sitting on a throne. Another is like a bullet hell ship mini game, and then you fight him. Uh, we fight him as the lightsaber dude. Now through this, the whole game you've been fighting with, you know, Donald and, and Goofy. And some other, uh, you know, Disney characters are swapping in and out. So, let me just explain the party at this point. At this point in the game, it's Sora, Riku, Mickey, Donald, and Goofy, and Kyrie. Uh, four of which have Keyblades. Three of them know how to use them. And are used <laughs> <them>. <laughs> uh, so, this boss battle starts. You go into another big like city block basically and man sex is just throwing actual buildings at you it's a really sick final boss fight it is you like jump up in the air and cut buildings in half and shit it's really epic but the important part of this is that the rest of the party gets separated from Sora and Riku and you basically have to take him down with just the two of you you and your boyfriend have to defeat man sex we're getting ah nice and um <laughs> But, um, <laughs> basically, so they, so everybody gets separated and they do the thing. Friendship is power. Yeah, and then they they beat man sex, um, and then they go. So they to, beat him off. <laughs> yeah, um, they beat him, and then they get transported to the dark world, and they're like, "All right, I guess we're gonna so die here." Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it just it looks like what most beaches are gonna look like in like a couple years with all the pollution and stuff. Ah, um, it's like gross and whatever. SoCal. And then they're like, we have to get back to... How do we get back? I don't know. And then a, a doorway appears in the darkness. Because he read a letter in a bottle that Kyrie put in the ocean like a year ago. Yeah. And so it, it, that was the way home. And now, and now they, they drop out of the sky into the ocean and Kyrie's like, oh, you guys are back. And oh yeah, we missed the, the, the most important part. Namine? Remember her? That's Kyrie's nobody. So Kyrie didn't have a heartless, but because she put her heart into Sora, it counts. So a nobody came out, and that was Namine. Who is a witch. Yeah, she a witch. Burn her! Uh, and this, by the way, is Riku's Keyblade. 
I just wanted to show you because I it's need a, to see this. It's an evolution on his original sword. Why it's is that the sickest looking thing? Yeah, no, like everything I have else. One of those in real life. <laughs> I, that so let me clarify. Everything else you've shown me has been like a little goofy, a little dipshitty. No, there's a lot of goofy in this game, dude. I. <laughs> Like, it's just, like, it's just real bad. It's just real, like, awful, awful design. This is dope. Yeah. The it, only good things in these games are given to Riku. For real, honestly. Clearly. He got Naminé. He got the coolest Keyblades. He gets the coolest abilities by far. <clears throat> like, these are, like, I'm just, like, scrolling through them, but there's, like, some different versions of this. Like, there's, like, it's called The Way to Dawn. Yes. Yeah, like, this is dope. he walks dope. the path to the Wow. <laughs> I take back everything I said. It's literally, it's if, it's it. There you go. It's someone who, like, this, this show is written, show, this game is written by someone who watched Riverdale once and was like deep writing. But I'm going to put that into a fantasy setting. Check this out, boys. You ready for darkness versus light and a lot of man sex? You ain't ready for this. So, um, they end, the game ends on, in my opinion, the best cliffhanger, because it never gets answered the way people wanted it to. Uh, there's a bottle that, that comes to the island with Mickey Mouse's seal, and, the, and it's like Mickey's telling him something. And they're like, oh shit. And so Sora, Kyrie, and Riku read the letter, and then credits. And you're like, dude, Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to be awesome. We didn't get that game until like years later. And it's, it's not awesome. It's the third game in the series. Oh no. So, uh, this will be fast. Kingdom Hearts 358 over 2 is the next game. Technically a prequel when it came out. So, Kingdom Hearts 358's main character is Roxas. Okay. Um, my favorite game in the series. It is the entire, so pretty much the second Sora stabs himself, Roxas appeared in Twilight Town. Just there. And so you're like, okay, Axel shows up and says, Hey, takes him to Mansex. The Mansex puts Sora's name in front of him. It starts spinning around, and then he just whacks it, and an X shows up. And then it pulls together and says Roxas, and he goes, that's your new name now. Have fun. And, Ro and Roxas is like, got it. Cool. Join our organization 13. You're the 13th member. Have fun. And they were like, cool, you can use a Keyblade because he's Sora's nobody, so he gets Sora's powers. So, Keyblade. And this is where the Darkness Keyblade comes in. Nope. No. He, he basically can only summon those when he's, like, in a real bad emotional state. So, when uh, he's, like, really worked up, those come out. Okay. So, Roxas joins Organization 13. And all they have him do is, hey, your job is to kill Heartless. We need those hearts so we can... So the whole point of Organization 13 is their their goal is to get hearts. They're, they're sick of being these husks. They can't feel real emotion. So they want a heart so they can be people. They can actually be people. And so you're like, okay, got it. And in order to do that, they have to fill Kingdom Hearts with, with Heartless. So, they, so Kingdom Hearts can give them hearts. So that's why they need a Keyblade Builder, which is why they're like, hey, Roxas, we need him. And he comes in, he starts killing Heartless for him because he's in their ranks. He becomes friends with Axel. Axel shows him the joy of ice cream. Ah, tracks. Yeah, and they eat it while sitting on top of a tower that they could easily fall off of, which he kind of does in the second game. Um, yeah, but he doesn't die because, you know, 
magic. Yep. Anyway. Oh, by the way, uh, the version of Twilight Town that Roxas was in in the beginning of 2 was actually a digital recreation by Diz. It was a Matrix that they put him in. And that's why Riku showed up to bully him, is to stop him from going outside the Matrix. Yes, essentially. Because Diz was like, I don't have time to model a beach. Go steal his money. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, they cut corners in the simulation because we don't have the dev time to make a beach level. Fuck off. (laughs) So they're, they're the people who made Cyberpunk. Yeah. Oh, Lord. That's um, why it's always freezing. Yeah. That tracks. So, anyway, throughout this game, you pre- it's pretty much a prequel slash sequel to... It's a prequel to two, but a sequel to Chains of Memories, but it happens at the same time as Chains of Memories. Okay. So, at some point in the game, Axel and Larkseen, Marluxia, all them, they go to Castle Oblivion. And Roxas is sad. He's like, I don't have a friend now. They're gone for roughly ten days. So yeah, that whole game happens in 10 days. Okay. Um, roughly. Um, and then d- before this, we meet another person named Shion. They're like, hey, we got another Keyblade wielder. She's the 14th member of Organization 13. And she also has Sora's Keyblade. Also, yeah, that's important. And uh, looks exactly like Kyrie with black hair. This yep. is Shion. Shion. Now, her name isn't like a play on the X thing. They just had to put an X in a name. Okay. Because that's the requirement to be in Organization 13. Um, so pretty much, Shion has a Keyblade. Roxas and her kind of become friends. And when she finally pulls... Yeah, she pulls down her hood. Black-haired Kyrie. Um, however, when everybody else looks at her, they just see the hood up. She only has the hood down for Axel and... and I was about to say Kyrie. Axel and Roxas because they're her friends. Now, throughout the game, the whole point is you start to learn that Shion... Like, she starts to really, like, you know, because they all start kind of getting feelings, which is not supposed to happen because they're nobodies. Yeah. Roxas feels safe. He feels, like, friendship with these two, with Axel and Shion, and he's like, no, these are my friends. Shion starts having her own little journey when they kind of break up and come back together, and, you know, Axel went to Castle Oblivion and died, and then he comes back, and he's like, I'm okay. Don't worry. And uh, they go through... In my opinion, the best emotional journey besides Birth by Sleep. Birth by Sleep is also really good for the story. Um, Roxas starts to kind of get sick kind of midway through the game. Like, he starts passing out, things like that. Whereas Shion starts getting stronger. And you're like, okay, cool. Axel figures it out early on and goes to confront Shion. They have their fight. Roxas just wants to be friends with his friends and go eat ice cream. Like, he's like, I don't care about any of this mm. i just want to i want what's what he knows what he's safe is there they go and um shion defects she leaves and they're like oh shit and they're and organization 13 just kind of goes yeah two takes place um it takes place two. before two so like over we- the course of the time <clears throat> at least in part while sora is fighting through Castle Oblivion, and then also while he's in the pod? Let me, uh, so, th- 358 over 2 starts right in that moment where Sora stabs himself. Um, he, Roxas kind of learns the ropes for a couple weeks, and then Chain of Memories happens over in that game, 
everyone leaves to go do that. Chain of Memories ends, and then Axel alone comes back because all of his co-workers got murdered. Yeah. Um, and then past that, everything that happens leads right up to the first day of the prologue in 2. Okay. Yes. The important things you need about 3 of because we're kind of getting low on part 2 here, or long on part 2 here, is... Shion is a puppet created by the organization because they don't think Roxas is enough, and so they're going to steal Sora's memories and all of his stuff so they can pretty much just have Sora for the organization. And you find this out later when Shion meets Roxas in Twilight Town, and she has Sora's face full on, and she tells Roxas, like, I'm taking his memories, I'm doing this. Uh, Riku has moments in the game where he talks to Shion, and Riku kind of has his own crisis, like, is it okay for me to take their lives away? for Sora because what like there they now live and breathe and exist um ironically this is the game that has the least amount of like you know crazy, crazy what the fuck moments because it's more personal to these characters very grounded yeah which is why I fucking love it I also have um, less jokes to make which makes me a little sad well I mean this it, is a pretty sad it's a very sad game the it has one of the stupidest lines out of context but in context it tear it brings me to tears every time um but you then, uh, throughout the whole game, like like I said, you're friends with Axel and Shion. You then have a boss fight with Shion, where you have to fight. Okay, Shion, uh, she's been talking to Riku and figuring out like what she is, so she fully defects again. Um, all the organization members are just like at this point, just trying to kill her. Mm-hmm. Um, Zigbar, the brown gunman that I mentioned from two, he goes after her. And uh, he finds her in the Mad Hatter's, like, courtyard where they have the tea party. Mm-hmm. Um, he He's fighting her, and he has this, like, PTSD thing where he thinks, why do I see his face when I look at you? And then the model swaps out for Shion, and it's Roxas, but he's wearing this weird armor, like, all over his body. It's, like, this weird Japanese armor. And... Um, that's kind of all the explanation they give. Oh. They don't go back to that. Um, but eventually, Shion and Roxas, Roxas defects as well, um, run into each other at the top of that clock tower. Uh, they're sitting there, and they're like, well, we're kind of fucked. Uh, there's nothing, there's nowhere we can go. They won't find us, and nothing we can do. Um, Shion basically explains to Roxas what they are, and you take it from the key thing, too, is before this, Roxas was starting to forget Shion, too. And he's like, why? And he, he wants answers. No one gives him it, so he leaves. And he's on the clock tower fighting Shion. And the, it's a really good fight with a great score. Like, I love that fight, the boss fight. And it ends in Shion's death mm. in Roxas' arms. Oh. Now, the line that they give is Roxas says, you can't go. Who else will I have ice cream with? And at first you're like, that's so stupid. But then when you break it down, you're like, well, oh, that's what he that's what he views as that's friendship. The that's the only thing he views as friendship is getting ice creamed together. It's really sad. Yeah. And so you're like, fuck. And so then he goes ape and says, I'm gonna destroy the organization. So he goes to shoot up the workplace. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, he, the one time the white man's the villain is and it's a school the shooting. White, uh preteen boy in a black trench coat, by the way. Oh my god. <laughs> 
fuck. All right. Why did this go from like really sad and heartfelt to Sandy Hook Elementary? Yeah. Um. So the kicker too is throughout the game, you get multiple ideas of oh, he could probably summon two keyblades. Like there's a point where they they make a joke or not a joke, like a point to mention that. And at the beginning of this of this level, Roxas just summons two keyblades off rip, and you're like oh, two keys. Yeah. So he has hers and his, and he like. He like clings them together, and they turn into the Oath Keeper and Oblivion Keyblades, and it's the coolest fucking thing. And so then you just go, and you are ransacking Heartless. Like the game gives you, yeah, that reigning city that we told like Gotham. Yeah, he's going to kill the organization. He's like, I'm gonna murder them all. They took my friend from me, and so he goes, and he goes and fights these Heartless, and then he sees Riku standing on top of the fucking skyscraper with all the screens. And they do this cool anime thing where Riku jumps down, Roxas runs Superhero up. Superhero landing. No, he throws Riku the the Oblivion, the Dark Keyblade, and Riku catches it. And they like they do that thing where they like pass by each other, and then you fight Riku. Why would he give him the key? Well, at, at that moment they were overwhelmed by Heartless, and Roxas was basically going to die. Riku can't let that happen, mm. so he they swap in. Riku takes him out, and then. Um, Roxas jumps back down and at this point they're both like they can't even remember Xion's name so they're like wait why are we helping each other this guy's an enemy so they go to fight um, Roxas is way too powerful for Riku so Riku's like I gotta do that thing I hate doing but I do in every game and he takes the hood off takes his blindfold oh yeah by the way Riku's new thing is he has this black blindfold because apparently whenever he has the blindfold on he doesn't turn into Mr. What would we call him? Man six. Uh, no, Puerto Rican. Yeah, he doesn't turn. So when he takes the blindfold off, he lets the darkness out and he just turns into the, the Puerto Rican man. He also can <laughs> use his stand. Yeah. It's, it's a really cool boss fight, by the way, that uh, aren't you supposed to lose, isn't it? Like, yeah. Which you, you win in the fight and lose. Okay, because I'll. Those. Yeah. But um, so basically, Riku beats Roxas before he can, like, go get himself killed running into it because he needs Roxas alive so he can bring Sora back. But Riku has this whole thing where he, like, feels bad about it. And Diz comes by because he beats Roxas. And Diz is like, don't feel bad. They're nobodies. They don't have hearts. They don't feel things. They're just things. And Rox and Roxas is, like, unconscious. They take him back. And then they put him in the simulation. And the game ends with, oh, boy, it's the first day of summer vacation. And then it, and then it goes, there's that one week left. That's the prologue. That's kind of dope. So the game is called 358 because it's 358 days between two people, Shion and Roxas. Through, or, or fuck you. Um, or because it's a DS game, 358 days over two screens. Yeah. And I hate him for telling me that. That's So out of, out of the ones that you've like explained to me so far, 358 over two is the one that has somehow the most grounded storytelling. Well, it doesn't do a lot of the... Like, you go to Disney Worlds, but it's less of you're a part of the Disney store because the organization can't interfere. Like, they, they stay in the shadows. So you pretty much don't do a lot of the Disney World stuff. You go and defeat Heartless because that's your job, but most of the story cutscenes are about the characters that are in the, like, Final Fantasy-type world, not the Disney characters. You meet some of them, but... They don't, he doesn't like go and go through the movie with them. Yeah. He stays in the background, defeats some Heartless and boss fights, and that's it. All of the composition and story come from Shion, Roxas, Axel, uh, Syx, one of the, the guys there, Xemnas, and everybody, and he's, it's that. So it's way more story 
in like that world versus the half Disney, half Final Fantasy stuff. Um, but it is my favorite because it was also one of the first ones I played and beat because I didn't have a PS2. Mm-hmm. So all my Kingdom Hearts knowledge was like looking at um, like YouTube videos yeah. of the story and then I got to play that one and it was my favorite. Plus it made me cry. That, it, that is, it generally sounds like it was probably one of the better games and that should be very evident by the fact that I have so many less jokes. Sadly, though, they didn't remake that game. They just made a bunch of cutscenes that you could watch instead. Uh, and so I still have it on my DS, and I will never get rid of it. Don't. It's a good game. So just to clarify, so from the start to now, we've got um, Apocalypse World ending, the entirety of one, including Gummy Bear Ship and Monstro, and then we now transition to... Alzheimer's the game. Uh, yeah, Alzheimer's the game. And then you get two... Which takes place, you know, you have the prologue with Roxas, and then you go into Sora just trying to figure all of that shit out. And then the next game released was 358 over 2, which is basically, oh yeah, this is where Roxas came from. It was their way of going, here's Roxas' story. He wasn't just somebody we threw in the game. Like, apparently he had planned a lot more of this out by this point, especially with the whole scene he's talked about with Zigbar. That was like, oh, this is something else too. And so, yeah. Um... It by this point, this game is kind of like we're giving a bit more, you know, lore, but it's not like going out there. Mm-hmm. Like we're still a little bit ground grounded in like the, it's we're it, filling in the cracks. Yeah, we it, shot you out to the stratosphere with you know space whales, gummy bear ships, and now we're just filling in the cracks with man sex and his associates. Yep. And so then we decide, okay, here's some more filler games, but they're like really good and they have some more lore and can matter, but. We're good. And um, and then they go to the next game, which is what we're going to start part three with. Because okay. it's already been an hour 20 on these three games. Oh, God. So the next game is called Birth by Sleep. This is BJ's favorite, so he'll take this one more so than I will. But uh, we'll let you guys hear that in part three in our epic, I'm hoping, three-part saga. Um Explaining but, an acid trip to a man who's never done drugs. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> We're explaining color to someone who's never seen color. I'm legally blind. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, thank you guys for for listening. Uh, stay tuned for part three. Um, and what's 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 your ending today, Landon? I hate you both. That That checks out. <laughs>